Let's open up in prayer, please. <clears throat> Dear Lord, I just pray that you will uh, be with us here this morning, that your word would impact all of us, whether we are female or male here today, that, uh, that this message would, uh, would just impact us and, and help change us and help us take that next step in our Christian walks and uh, develop our faith in you stronger. Amen. So it is Father's Day, and uh, I was asked to do a Father's Day talk. Now, men, you might be a little bit disappointed, because, uh, see, Carrie had a lot of great, nice things to say on Mother's Day, and had a great, um, you know, uh, not really sure what to, to call it, but a, a very nice uh, message to the, to the ladies Unfortunately, as men, we have too much responsibility to, to have a message like that this morning. And you women deserve it because you have to put up with us men. And you, you guys should have like a couple days a year. Um, but the, the point is today that men have an extremely heavy job, uh, especially men who are fathers. We have a, a huge responsibility, as we uh, will discover this morning, that uh, um, now God had a design for us to follow. And I'm so thankful that he, that he chose to put that into the Bible and teach us and mold us. And he made everything. And he made marriages. He made us. He made children. He made all of this. Now, why would we not follow the example of the Creator and the Maker of this? If we do this, we should have great success. And um, so let's, uh, let's just look at this. Now, the first thing I want to go over this morning, now, I apologize, I looked everywhere in my house. I was looking for a piece of chain. Um, now, an analogy is hard when you don't have the actual object, but stick with me. We have a, a responsibility to, to create a lasting legacy of Christians in our family lineage. You may be the first link in the chain. You may be somewhere in the middle and hoping that there's a lot more links to be added. But I pray that you are a part of that chain in some way today. That the chain must continue. If it ends with you, you need to seriously look at that and say, what happened? If you are the last person in your family to be part of the Christian lineage in whatever family you are in. That is super important. Now, I'd like you to carry that with you in the back of your mind as we go forward here today. Now, um, now, I do give credit to, to Mark Driscoll because he has an awesome uh, sermon series on the book of Malachi, and he used that analogy of the chain. I'd encourage everyone to, to look through that. Um, so now, why did I mention marriage earlier? This is Father's Day, and obviously with children, uh, marriage should come first, then come the children. So if we follow God's design on that one, 
at least we're, we're one step in the right direction. Now, if you didn't, and if there's different areas this morning that perhaps the orders got mixed up, it's not too late to change that. You can turn back and get online today. But that is God's design. Now, he did that for a real purpose. And he wants us to have a strong family with man and wife pulling together, not separately, but together, and working together as a strong unit to bring glory to God in your household. Now, men, we have the biggest responsibility in this whole um, this whole unit. I invite everyone to flip to Ephesians 5:22 to 33 if you have it. Now, my view is that if uh, if you today are a man in your household, whether you have children or not, and you are not Christ's representative in your home, that is a complete failure. That is our role here today, and I hope that everyone leaves here understanding that and going forward with that. Now let's read. It says, Wives, submit to your, hu- submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love your wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, men, don't read this verse and thinking, all right, she's got to submit to me. She's got the hard role. I don't think so. If you want someone to submit to you, what was the deal? What was the part of it? You had to be loving her as Christ loved the church, and gave his life for it. You have a massive responsibility. And the, um, you know, it, it is extremely hard for a woman to submit to a flawed man. That must be very hard. But when you do, you, you are part of the unit that comes together and helps the whole process go along. Now, men you have the responsibility of setting the spiritual thermostat in your household. If you are cold and indifferent towards God in your household, what do you think everyone else will do? That's very heavy. And it will have a very heavy effect that if you are cold, your household, unless God does something that's completely separate from you, will be cold. And 
We must teach our children to pray, to serve in the home and in the church, to respect women and their elders, teach them to have a true relationship with God. That you uh, may now you may have been following me till the last one. Now, how do we teach someone to have a true relationship with God? We can teach someone the way. We can point them in the right direction. Now, how do we teach them how to have the true relationship, a true, genuine faith? And I, I believe that's by us men ourselves truly living it out. Now, it is one thing for us to say the good things, to, to, to teach the right way. The best teacher is also the best person who does the actions, who, who lives it out. Our children see straight through our shallowness and ungenuine acts. There's no question about it. And the, the easiest place to be a hypocrite is in your own home. You're comfortable there. And you don't have anyone to, uh, to make a show for. It's you, you are yourself. And, uh, you know, uh, every mistake I make in the house, the kids pick up on it right away. And sooner or later, it comes back at you and say, ooh, that looks pretty ugly when it comes back. And um, we, have a, we have to set an example, we have to teach an example, and we have to be the example. Um, now, I'm sure all of us parents have asked our kids to show respect, to be patient, to be kind, to be loving, to serve others, to do all these things. Um, now, if, once again, if we are not properly loving our wife and doing that to our wives, again, why would they even think about doing those things? And then you, we also have to do that to our children themselves. We have to treat them with respect, patience, kindness, and everything. And as, you were, as we're going to discover later, everything is a, a very intricate balance. Um, and if we do this right, and if we show them the responsibility, and, we, and the key is if we have the church as important, but it doesn't trump our responsibilities at home. Now, and if we get the orders right, and we engage our children, and we teach them to serve in the church, um, you know, then there's a high chance they're going to continue on in that way. Um, now, however, whether you mess it up or not, Whatever your example is, good or bad, they are, they, chances are they are going to replicate you in some way when they go forward. So the key is live it. Don't just say it. Now also, kind of led up to this a little bit, that we have a, a responsibility to train our children. Now training, like I said, it's, it's not just sitting them down in a little chair and saying, putting out the blackboard and saying, this is what you do, or or disciplining them and when they're doing things wrong, it is going, it's the package. Now, if, uh, if you guys want to, um, there, we're going to get to Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9 soon. But, um, you know, if, if we are doing the, the actions and being hypocrites at the same time, they will not attach to that. Now, when I worked at the youth center, uh, an issue that kept coming back. Now, I don't know exactly why this is, but 
you can speculate, but I don't have the actual evidence, but is that the people who came through, who came from Christian homes, a staggeringly high amount of them did not have personal faith in God. They had their parents' faith that they were commanded to follow. And as soon as they started getting a little bit of independence, and especially when they go to colleges or away from the home, uh, it was in you know crash and burn. And they just went in their own way, lived for themselves, lived for the world, and not for God's purposes at all. So the importance here is you have to give them the ability to make it their own faith. That if, they, if you are just forcing your faith on them, it'll hold for a while, but it will crumble. It will fall apart. Now, I see the first step of getting them down the road that we want them to be on is to have God the center of everything in your life, your marriage, your relationships with your children. Easier said than done, right? Well, here's a couple little things I came up with to kind of help us along. So as I alluded to before, God is the first. Now, too many people that I know, uh, were, they say, well, God is first. And they would be off serving in the church and where's their family? At home or out and about. I don't see that being necessarily biblical in the way that God intended that to, to be lived out. God wants us to serve, absolutely. But when you have children, you have a responsibility to them. You have a responsibility to your wife. You have to find a balance. You have to bring everything into balance and do ministry with them and make sure that it is never a, a situation where the, the home suffers because you are doing good works and serving in the church. Because, like I said, your lineage is your responsibility. You brought them in the world. So, do a good job with your, with your kids. Get them on the path. Continue on the family lineage line in a Christian, uh, sustainable way. And that would be honoring to God and bring them into the service that you do do in the church. And the second point is saturate all the areas of your life in genuine prayer. And everyone in the household should be involved in this process and know that it's happening. Uh, now we'll do the Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 9. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk with them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they will be as frontals, uh, frontlets Sorry, between your eyes, you shall write them on your doorpost and in your house and on your gates. That's saturating your life in God's truths and scriptures and applying them to your lives. Part of that is, the third would be praying 
in seeking God's direction in all that you do in your household. You cannot run a Christ, God-centered home if you do not consult Christ to help you do that through the Bible, through prayer. Obviously, you must align yourself with these biblical teachings. There are many answers in scriptures and instructions. You must align yourself to them. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So like I said, invite your children to be the travel companions with you. Um, not only parts of your, th- of your life should be shown to them. If you are reading your Bible, don't do it in your room. Do it in the open. Do it where they can see you. Invite them to read too. At the same time, invite them in all aspects. I uh, was at a marriage seminar years ago, and they said that uh, the, the people speaking said the biggest mistake they made was when their, their teenage kids came of age and they were kind of wondering um, you know, what, was, uh, what was going on one day when their mom was reading her Bible in the living room. And they said, you read that? And she's a pastor's wife, by the way. And she said, of course I read that. Well, we never see her read that. Well, I do it in my bedroom every day. Well, is that helpful? Is that, a, is that leading down the path? I don't think so. And it, they need to see that example in order for them to attach to that example and to do it themselves and to have a genuine desire for themselves to read and to do it. Now, all of what I've been saying, does it not sound a lot like the biblical example of discipleship? That is what I'm saying today. That whether you have a child that's in your home or out of your home, which is a lot harder and we'll touch on that later, please view it as they're your responsibility to disciple. And you know, when they're in your home, obviously that's a lot easier. When they're out of your home, well, it, it's... A, <laughs> It's a lot more challenging, especially if they don't live in the same town. But just reach out and do it in different ways. But uh, we have that responsibility. We bring them into the world. We should disciple them up and follow the biblical example of discipleship in fathering. And uh, now, unfortunately, with parenting, the part I hate the most is discipline. It comes up. It has to come up. If it hasn't come up, um, that's uh, that's a problem in and of itself because we all know children's sinful states. We've all been there. Um, so Proverbs 13.24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs 29.17 says, Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Now this is a verse that uh, people just don't like to say anymore. It's, uh, you know, in this society, it's obviously, uh, it's, it's frowned upon. And, uh, but I want to tell you today, this does not mean that you have a license to beat your kids with sticks. It's, that's not what it's saying. It is saying that we have 
to discipline them. Today we live in a society that absolutely rebels against discipline almost in all forms. You look at the government bills that are going through, scary, very scary. Uh, if you look at the school systems, how they're set up, terrifying. It's the kids in the schools have no respect. And they have no no consequences, essentially. And uh, I've talked to many teachers, and they said basically, when even when they try to impose a discipline, uh, kids skip test days in high school. They knew it was a test day, they just skip. They try to not allow the, t- the kid to write the test. Principals and everyone step in and say, you can't do that. They have to write and have the opportunity for full marks. Full marks. They chose to skip. Other places, they... Kids do no work, handed nothing on the last day of school. They hand it all in for the chance of getting full marks. Whatever happened to lose 10% a day? Discipline. This world does not like it. Christians who discipline their kids, we have a responsibility now to manage this in a way that, uh, that is God-honoring, and gets the job done. And obviously, um, we we live in a, a place and a time when uh, you know corporal punishment of any kind is heavily frowned upon. And you know that's. Uh, but so so how do we do this? How do we balance in life to get respect from children to train them up in that way? And to, to, to balance this and discipline them. Well, I, I came together with a bit of a checklist to, to, to kind of see what... It's, it's to gauge whether our discipline is getting us to where we want our children to be. Now, I've been struggling with my son a bit lately, and, and, uh, and this should be very helpful for me as... Uh, as uh, the the challenges of life are overtaking uh, a lot of it. And uh, so the first thing on the checklist is, does the discipline bring the child closer to the path God wants us to guide them on? Align with God's truths. Secondly, does it bring them further away from a a worldly lifestyle? Third, Does it bring them to a closer relationship with God, with you, and with others? And lastly, does it bring them to be the children that will make more chains, links in the lineage of the Christian heritage? So obviously, going back, the Bible speaks about the rod. Well, The, the methods, whatever you choose, whether it's timeouts, whether it's this or that, whatever is effective, we have to find, we have to do it right as it's our responsibility to train them up in the way that, that to honor Christ. And it's a huge challenge. It's very difficult. Pray for me 
Pray for other Christian parents in today's day and age that are put into tough situations where the kids of today, the households are so messed up and everything they come out is extremely messed up. And I can't get into it, but it's it's crazy the stuff that's coming out of the, out of the mouths of young children. For those of you who don't know me, my child is six and two and one's soon to come out in a couple of weeks. Now, the it's it's a battle. I'm not the way I'm speaking sounds like I have teenagers. That's the way it, that's the way it used to be. Teenagers rebelled and went nuts. Now it's happening younger and younger and the things that they're coming out of their mouths, I don't even know if they have the brain intellect to fully understand, but they spout it out like crazy. And we have to discipline, we have to train up to create children that are going to be examples to their peers because their peers are lost. So lost. And not be followers of the trend so that we lose them. Now, um, it's obviously it's, it's better for the child to be temporarily sad and eternally happy forever in heaven than to ignore it and let them go off on their way and suffer the consequences. Now, hopefully, those of you who've had children or have children, uh, hopefully your experience is that you have 90% of your time is discipline-free, fun time, have, have a great time. Now, the 10% that's remaining feels like a 1,000% when you're in it. And, um, but it's important to balance everything. And with discipline also must come encouragement. Encourage them in the right ways. Encourage them in the things they do well. Encourage them every chance you get. And when you're in the fog, it's hard sometimes because it feels like it's never going to end. But bring encouragement into everything. And uh, Hebrews 12.9 says, We had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. I think that's an indication of whether when you are disciplining your child, if it's if you are doing what is right in God's eyes, if your child loses respect for you and has no respect for anything you do, you have to really look at what you're doing and how you're acting and how you're behaving. Is it a hypocrisy situation where you're saying but you're not doing? Is it a situation where you discipline in uh, anger and in uh, ways that are totally wrong? Whatever it is, you need to check that out if you when you discipline if your kids are not respecting you and um, as I said earlier, Christian parents, our role is to breed fellow believers, and that is done by being Christ's representative in your home, living a genuine Christian life that points your family to Jesus now unfortunately. Sometimes we will do everything in our power to do it right. We're not perfect. We will never be perfect, but we try our best to do it right. And for some reason or another, the children don't attach and they don't honor God when it's time for them to make their own choice. But here's the hope. It's not too late. Keep planting seeds. They're still your children. If they're not following please take that under your, your wing and say, Listen, 
you know, you may have limited access to them. But when you do, plant good seeds. Pray and plant seeds. And when you have the opportunity, I pray that anyone here who has children that don't currently follow our Lord and Savior, that you will experience a prodigal son experience. And that they will come home. So, so whether you are in the middle of the battle of parenting or you are in the grandparent years or if you've never experienced having children of your own, all of us came from parents. They may have screwed us right up. They, they may have, and I know I've had my share of things to work through. Um, and they may have done an excellent job. I don't know what your background is. And it's... Uh, but what, what matters here today is that if we've messed it up or our parents have messed it up, that we still have a loving Heavenly Father who is there to pick up the pieces of the flawed man that failed us and messed us up. And if we are in the middle of it today or if we, if we identify ourselves as the man that messed it up, please, in humility, pray and think about everything that took place in the home as the kids were there. And in humility, go back on it. Approach your children and apologize for what happened that was not right. Even if it was unintentional, if it was just church came before family, or if it was different things that seemed good but weren't, they didn't pan out. Humility is the glue that holds all of this together. If we do everything right but have lack humility, and we don't apologize when we mess up, our kids will remember that. And I pray that they will see humility in all that we do, even if that only starts today. And um, Philippians 2.8. Now this says this of Jesus. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For our Lord can humble himself like that. I'm sure we can lower ourselves to apologize to our children. So like I said before, we, we need to get our, goal, our everything in order. God is our center. Love your wives. Show them the example of Christ's love to your wife and they will see Christ. And honor and train your kids up and be an active participant in the training. And um, let's build up a family line that will last forever. That will keep going on and on and Christians following 
and for generations and generations until the Lord returns. Let's put down good roots, good strong links in the chain that is built on the cornerstone, the rock, Jesus Christ. Now I'll call up the, uh, the praise and worship leaders. And, uh, and uh, we will... So I said before, let's be sayers and doers. Say it and live it. And let's pray for help because that is not easy. And uh, we'll pray when the, uh, when the, the team has um, done their song. We'll turn on your hymn books to number 206 should the technology fail us here. Thank you, Lord, Father, for being there for us, to teach us, to mold us, and to be there as a loving example and as a loving Father, no matter what situation we're in. And Lord, I just thank you for just your amazing wonder that is you and just how awesome you are. And Lord, I just pray that you'll teach us always, every day, to just appreciate you a little bit more and a little bit more, Lord, and to see you in, in your full glory and uh, as much as we can anyways here on earth. And, and Lord, I just pray that we honor you, we respect you, and that we can go forward and um, heal ourselves from any hurts we have in the past and bring healing in all situations that we need to bring healing to. And Lord, I just pray that that situation and those circumstances will bring apart uh, a whole and a new uh, rejuvenated uh, body of believers who are healthier in all ways. And Lord, so that we can be healthier spiritually for you and bring others to show them how awesome you are. Amen. Amen. Don't forget the fellowship lunch. You're all welcome to join us.